<laughs> I would be curious. That's the, the one thing about Kateri missing is I would be curious to see where he would fall in in the John Tortorella leadership group that's been cut down to just Scott Lawton. I would wonder if he would be wearing an A or lined up for a future captaincy. I mean, the kind of de facto thing was assuming that he was going to be the next captain. But then John Tortorella came in and said, no, fuck that. We're not giving it to anybody. Like Lawton yeah. seems like the guy who's probably going to wear the C next. But if Kateri was in the mix, I would wonder if he would still be in. Uh, in line for that C or not. If he would be stripped like Hayes was. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how John Tortorella would evaluate Sean Couturier's leadership capabilities, even if Couturier was healthy at this point. Um, I don't think Sean Couturier was a particularly effective leader at all over his career as a flyer. Um, he was part of the Drew Voracek um, leadership group for the past five, six years or so. And, you know, that got this team nowhere. They weren't able to remedy any of their problems. Their issues became exacerbated and worsened year after year after year. So his track record as one of the team leaders doesn't really strike a lot of confidence in me. And I think John Tortorella would probably recognize that. He's like, look, you know, just because you're our de facto 1C, just because you may, may or may not be one of the best players on the team, where do you come in with leadership skills here? Are you going to hold guys accountable, Sean, in the locker room? I don't think Sean Couturier holds anybody accountable. No. I mean, I mean, the guy is just kind of a fly on the wall. That's his personality, and that hasn't worked. So – I would, you know, I guess going through that argument here, Dan, I would say that I don't think that Torts would award him the C this year, even if he was healthy. At best, he'd have an A. Thank God. That, like, that is the one bright, well, bright side of all of this is when they're not giving the C to Sean Couturier, because that, that would have infuriated me. Just a complete lateral move for something that needs serious change. Let's give it to the guy who's been here for 15 years through the most disappointing era of the franchise. Great. Yeah. That'll change things. Mm -hmm. It's not Sean's personality, really. I mean, they what don't even they... like Kevin Hayes and he feels like one of those leaders. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I can't even imagine what they would do with Katuriae. So. Katuriae! Is... <laughs> Katuriae! Oh yeah, Katuriae! We love Katuriae! These fucking idiots! God, it's like he's obsessed with Sean Couturier. God, it gets me Nightmares time. about this guy. Yeah, <sighs> what, <laughs> that's what, what if, I feel like they're saying. <laughs> what if, as part of the Sanheim extension, it was a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge? Don't worry, Travis, you're going to be the next oh, captain. Man, oh my God, man. <laughs> low main arms. I forget who who coined him that, but that's a good one. Oh, oh no. <laughs> God, there is no way after the shit that he did against Tavares, 
he that is now burned in John Tortorella's mind. This guy sucks <laughs> at defense. And he's like, that's exactly the type of passive, non-assertive play that John Tortorella has been harping against yeah, since day yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Nathan Gerby a blue jacket? I think so. Fought, when he fought Travis Sandheim. Is that or a is blue a jacket or a saber? I don't remember which one it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was on the Sabres. I oh, thought uh, I thought um, someone posted the picture, <laughs> and it was it was a blue jacket uniform. Oh yeah, it was a blue jacket. Yeah, that would have been burned in John Tortorella's memory too. Yeah, yeah, he should remember that. You think? <laughs> it's a clean slate. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for this off season. When Tortorella goes in there and puts his findings on the table and Chuck Fletcher says, well, that's nice, but we're not going to make any moves this summer. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I don't see them doing a whole hell of a lot. There's a lot of people that are thinking that they're going to get all kinds of pieces. And I'm like, well, yeah, the cap's going up, but you're going to get rid of JVR and Frost. Whoop-de-doo. They lose JVR and, 7 million naturally, but they have to, you know, they lose most of that free cap because of the Sanheim extension. Sanheim. There's right. a couple million here and there. You have to re-sign Cates and uh, York, Frost, I think, were the other three RFAs that signed, which is a couple million. And a million. backup goalie. Zamula. No, Sonstrom's under contract next year. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. okay. And he's still got Ersenlinger in any way, which is probably his role to take. But, yeah. you know, you don't have a, like, you, you, that's the thing with when you have everybody locked up, is you've got nobody coming off the books, right? It's not like you have to resign your own players. They're fucking locked up forever. But, like, you can do it. And this is the same problem that we had last season, is, like, you can bring in Goudreau and Debrincat, but the moves you have to do first in order to clear that cap make the whole thing fucking fall apart, right? The house of cards falls down on that one. So uh, it's going to be the same thing this summer. Is You can clear the cap for Larkin and Pasternak if by the grace of God they both hit free agency, but does Chuck Fletcher possess the scrotal ability to do something no. like that? And the answer is no. No, because he can't. He only deals in single transactions, so he won't make a transaction somewhere else or two or three of those to set something else up. He can only do one for one, one thing at a time, like we've been saying. So if it was like, oh, hey, um, we can get rid of JVR, Frost, and, and a draft pick or two to bring in Dylan Larkin. If that's not all with the Red Wings, one for one in one transaction, it it will not happen. Yep. He won't trade JVR early. He won't do anything in advance to open up cap space, to open up roster spots. It is way too far beyond his ability as a general manager to do that sort of stuff. If it's not one for one, it will never happen with Chuck Fletcher. And to have that level of limitation as a general manager in a pro sports league is just sickening. It's sickening to see that <laughs> because you know they can never advance, yep. you know? You're limited to a bottom feeder team because of your general manager. It's just there. There's not enough cap. The, even if the cap goes up to by four and a half million, that is just enough money to take care of your internal affairs. Essentially, I have this all written down on my other laptop yeah. for the, the the exact number. That's true. And and that's it goes the same for a lot of teams. Like everyone's been struggling the last few years. Four million dollars is just enough to sign that one RFA on most teams. 
You know, it, it's not enough to make serious change. And I forget what the exact number is, but it's probably like three and a half the Flyers would have left over after signing Sanheim and the, the their RFAs. And you had four to that. Okay, great. You got seven and a half mil. Like, if you're lucky, somebody like Dylan Strom hits for agency again, and you can pick him up, and you have an actual center. But that's not enough money to pursue Larkin by himself. It's certainly not enough money to go after Pasternak. You know, you would need to do that and clear Kevin Hayes and clear Travis Konechny. And, and just once you start having to do that, like, I, I just, that's where it all falls apart, is I don't think they have the balls to go out there and and make all the necessary moves, the multiple cap-clearing moves, to make that happen, especially when you're not... It's not like... Maybe you maybe Konechny has positive trade value right now, but fucking Kevin Hayes certainly doesn't. Three years at 7.1 at 31 years old? You know, who the fuck is going to take that voluntarily off their hands? You know, I, I just... you. The players that you can move are so negative in their own trade value that you're 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 going to have to pay to give up, and that's where the th- shit falls apart. God, it's so fucking frustrating how big of a hole they've dug themselves in, and you don't have a general manager that's willing to help dig them out of that fucking hole. They're just gonna sit here and go, "Well, Goat the A and Danoy A Forrester are gonna be here next year. That's all we need. Maybe Katerio will come back at full strength." And they're just gonna run it the fuck back with the same exact roster yet again. If Tortorella doesn't fit and fucking quit at this point next time, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. And and, and it's and it's the agents too. So even in free agency, we saw it with Goudreau. He's a free agent. And they're kind of looking at the flyers and they're waiting. And well, we were never in on Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. Cause you couldn't fucking move anybody. And then eventually Johnny's representative sat there and said, you know what? Fuck you. Let's uh, we got an offer here from Columbus and we got to take this seriously. This yep. is a lot of money, Johnny. What do you, what do you say? And he, and he went. So it's not just GMs that are sitting there going like, okay, so we get we got to deal with the Flyers, but they have to do X, Y, and Z in order to make it happen first. Fuck that. We're not going to do that. And the agents are going to sit there and do that, and the players are going to say that sit there and do the same thing. I'm not going to sit around and wait for this guy. That if this happens and this happens, and then we can get rid of this person, then we can sign you. No, I'd rather go to a team that's got cap space and is actively wooing me. And then, or a client, and then that's it. That's where I'm going to go. I assume these players even want to talk to the Flyers in the first place. They're going to come across another Alex Petrangelo who just tells them to fuck off and won't even give him the time of day. Larkin goes, no, I don't want to fucking play there. I just spent my whole career in Detroit. You think I want to go to Philadelphia next? Yeah, what's the incentive to play here? I mean, the players don't particularly like playing for John Tortorella anyway. I think from the outside, they don't. I think sometimes when they get used to him, they realize that he can offer some beneficial uh, things for for one's career, as Cam Atkinson has said before. But I don't think the perception from the outside of the league is like, oh, I can't wait to go play for torts for the Flyers. There are certainly (laughs) greener pastures out there, yeah. There's no way that is going through anyone's mind at all. And the Flyers don't have the, have the cap space anyway. It's you like don't have gonna... the cap space. You don't have the negotiation skills. You don't have any interest in this team. There's no incentive to come play here. When there was a star player that wanted to come play for your team like Johnny Goudreau, you told him to fuck off because you didn't want to do whatever it would take to get him here in the first place, which I'm sure wasn't great for that reputation moving forward. So 
I don't know. I, I can't wait for this off season. I can't wait. Oh yeah. I, that's what I said. You know, I had a tweet last summer that was like, I think it was like the first day or second day of free agency when we realized Chuck's not going to do anything. And it was like, let's just fast forward to June, 2023. Yeah, that's all that matters. The outcome of this season What's doesn't the matter. Point? The wins and losses on a night to night basis, how much ice time fucking Owen Tippett gets doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I am more concerned about the trade deadline and the off season. This season is a complete fucking waste of time. Great. They've won a few games when they shouldn't. What they fucking do. I don't care. What matters is how the hell they plan on moving on out of getting out of this current hole. And there, there's just there, the momentum is against them at this point. So, <sighs> yeah. Where's it leading again? Where is this going? If I can see where they're trying to take this ship, then I can understand some of these things on how to get there. But I don't know where they're going with this thing. Like, it's Nobody so easy does. to say that they don't have a direction. And they probably don't. Like, there's a good chance Fletcher has not thought a single fucking second about what the 2023 offseason looks like. But, like, what is your plan? Like, what are they thinking? How, what do they want to do? And, and I just, I don't know what anybody wants anymore. I had a huge thread that I crafted on Twitter the day. They didn't end up deleting just because I didn't want to argue with these shitheads all day long. But, like, yeah. I don't even know what the fans want anymore. Like, people want a competitive hockey team. But they don't want to sit through a rebuild. Like, we've been doing it for ten years at this point. Nobody wants to do it. It's certainly not a proper one, anyway. But at the same time, folks are so easily dissuaded at the idea of adding Johnny Gaudreau and Debrinkat. If they can talk themselves out of that, they can talk themselves out of anything. You don't have any interest in watching the team, but you don't want to make any trades or signings to get it better, but you also don't want to lose. Like last year, like people were tore AV to fucking shreds when they were losing while simultaneously demanding a fucking rebuild. Like, they, you can't do it! Rebuilding is losing! That's what he was doing! You know, I, I just, I, I don't know what anybody wants anymore. The fans don't know what the fuck they want. And the front office doesn't know what they want. This is just a complete fucking, everyone just wants a successful hockey team, but nobody's willing to take the proper steps to get there. And like, I've been pretty hands off on criticizing them for the most part so far, because I think Tortorella is so far doing his job, doing what we've requested. So fine, I, I, I've been hands off, but... You know, the long-term picture here going into the offseason and theoretically making this team take a step forward from where they are this year, I don't know how you get from point A to point B on that one. And that's where, again, it all just kind of falls apart for me in terms of confidence in the grand picture here. So, I don't know, man, but uh, I don't know. I don't think we're getting out of these rough waters just yet. This, this storm is uh, not leaving anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I, th- mm-hmm. I think the other thing that we we have to look at is in the off season, if a big name player or two does become available and then the flyers have to sit there with their thumb up their ass because they've divvied out all their big contracts. Yeah. Like every, all, I don't know who reported it, but they said that Pasternak and the Bruins are pretty far off. Yeah. I heard that as well. So Jeez. Pasternak is sitting there going, I'm sure that he wants, Somewhere in the neighborhood of 10. Yeah, that would be my guess. guess. Larkin and right? Pasternak probably both getting 10 each. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if he's going to sit there and go, okay, so you want me to come back to the Bruins and Marshan might not be here and Bergeron might not be here. And then, so what? Who do I play with? 
Or do I go out and test free agency and say, you know what? I want 10. And whoever could come up and give me 10, that's where I'm going to go. Yep. And then the Flyers sit there and go, well, we have seven. <laughs> well, seven ain't gonna seven ain't gonna cut it. We don't want to move Kevin Hayes, so we only have seven to offer you. They may not even have that. Yeah, and you're right. They're not gonna position themselves to be a player in these types of acquisitions. They refuse to posture themselves to do the little things in advance to free up that cap space and those roster spots. They will not do it. It's yeah. I don't know what the point of having a team is with the way that they run this thing, but these are the kinds of players, and we see this stuff, you know, these high-end players come out every few years from teams that are still relatively young. Uh, I believe all these guys in. are 26 or 27. Larkin and Pasternak and Timo Mier, RFA out in San Jose, I think they're all 26 or 27 years old. They're, like, mm-hmm. just entering their peaks. The Flyers can't get any of them. No, no, they'll be, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone through the other teams, um, uh, cap situations, which I usually kind of keep tabs on those throughout the season. But as the season goes on, I'll kind of look into that and, you know, we'll start to identify some teams that probably could be players for those, uh, or destinations, excuse me, for those players. Um, and the Flyers certainly on paper aren't going to be one, at least from a cap standpoint, um, and they're not going to do anything to position themselves to be one. Uh, and it's it's just ridiculous, you know. What are you waiting for at this point? There's something, speaking of the success of uh, Philadelphia sports and the other teams, there's something you said on an episode uh, a few weeks ago where it says that the Flyers believe they're hanging with those other teams, that they're as good as the Eagles yeah. and the Phillies. and they're, they're, That's what it is, is. They think that re-signing Sanheim is what everybody wanted. They think that you know keeping Ristolainen and Sanheim together as their second pair forever is great, and Couturier's here. Like, they believe that this team and this, this group of players they're re-signing is good enough. And it's insane! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. Well, like, also, I mean... I mean, this is pretty ridiculous, but okay, the Eagles were like six and zero the other week, and the Phillies were like in the NLCS, and the Flyers were two and zero. Just equating the Flyers on anything on the same level as those two accomplishments for those other teams, it's just asinine. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think that's right. I I think they think that they are competing for the same eyeballs and they're doing the things that they need to do to obtain those eyeballs and they're doing things correctly. And this is, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Who fucking paid for this? <laughs> oh God. Roster dysmorphic disorder. You know, body dysmorphic disorder where you look at yourself and you hate everything. That's roster dysmorphic disorder. They look at this and go like, yeah, we've got Coots as one C. Yeah, we've got Stan I'm wrist. Yeah, they think that all the yeah. pieces are in place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've locked their team in long term here. And I don't see how ownership can tolerate this. Uh, I don't I wouldn't see how an, a legitimate team president would tolerate this. It's going nowhere, obviously, uh, and everyone's all right with it. So that's where it's at. That's where it will stay. Um, and 
I don't know. I mean, we'll have to continue to see what this front office structure looks like. I guess more so ownership structure with the Val Camillo stuff that we talked about over the summer in terms of her uh, potential ability to take over and some CEO governor, uh, Dave Scott light role in the near future. Um, the only way you would think that that's trigger it. happens though, is if the losing starts, right? Like, like mm. I, they're not going to, overhaul the front office for a 500 team yet right oh yeah no no no. yeah you would need that train to go seriously off the tracks in the next few months and i i still don't believe they got it in them i don't this team like i don't think they're gonna win a ton of games from here on out but they're gonna do it in like two or three losses at a time with a win right i i I think they're gonna hover around the 500 mark i don't think this is a team that has multiple 13 game losing streaks in them or even like five to seven losing streaks like they may be one or two just because every team goes through it but i i just doesn't feel like a team that is going to have that one or two real catastrophic losing streaks that's going to knock the domino over and start the the mm. the front office you know guillotine march unfortunately so i i, I don't know man I, I think chuck fletcher's safe and if chuck fletcher's safe going into the trade deadline in the off season what are we doing here <laughs> it just it prolongs yeah. the 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 torture mm-hmm. well i guess you're right then yeah so where are we at right now in terms of consecutive losses? Uh, we're at what? Uh, They're all one and two in their last or, three. A one and two. Okay. They got to stop getting those loser points. But if we can somehow get, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit of a shot to see if we can do one of these nine to ten gamers here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Probably not. I agree with you, Dan. I think I think they will likely operate in that fashion of lose two or three, win one, get a couple loser points sprinkled in, that sort of thing. But I want to see if they have it in them. I want to give them a little bit more time to see, you know, this season, if we could get that 10-game lose streak or some eight-game pointless streak, something like that. Next few weeks are fine. They got some easy ones in there. Looks around December, they got Vegas, they got Washington, Colorado, New Jersey, Rangers, Toronto, Carolina. So maybe... uh... Maybe right before Christmas, shit could go south. Looks like they're next chance for prolonged That'd failure. That'd be a hell of a Christmas present. Is Chuck Fletcher's head on a fucking silver planner? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we can get some streak going on, that would be really helpful for the situation up top. <laughs> like they're, I, I just don't think they're going to clear out the front office if there are good times ahead or not bad. Well, maybe not good times. I don't know if good times is the proper phrase for this current team, but. You know, if they go 500, if they pull out a big win every now and again, like there's no, there's no incentive, there's no pressure for them to do so. Well, yeah, if they're really not a bottom the, three the team, losing to to pick up here for any of these guys to meet their makers. And that would be right in time for the Santa sacks too. That'd okay. Be a shame. <laughs> God. Oh my God! I forgot the. Uh, they pushed the hell out of those starting around, almost around Next this couple time, weeks. Around yeah, Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, we'll be picking up. What's what's going to be the big uh, item? You think one one of the Santa sacks will have Cam Atkinson's medical records? Sean Couturier's <laughs> disc so that he took out of his know, back. Yeah. So you'll actually know what's going on with them. You'll be the only with... person in all of flyerdom <laughs> that will know 
what's happening with with all of this. Oh yeah, they'll have. I bet they have like as their as their item to go along with the tickets, like a a Lucas Sedlak signed puck <laughs> you know, to, get, to get along, like to try to lure in people. <laughs> it's just so pathetic. You, know, you, you could get your photo with Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. <laughs> they they would have more respect if they drove around in a black van with no with tinted windows and just opened the side door and be like, "Hey, you want two fly, Flyers tickets to the game tonight? Come on in, come on into the van." Oh, good. <laughs> Fucking team. <laughs> oh yeah, Patrick Brown's also injured with a back injury. I forgot about that. <laughs> mm, forgot I he forgot existed. About, yeah, I forgot all about him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's an indispensable player. He's a fucking f- fifth center. I mean, like everyone's like, "Oh, Patrick Brown's out." Like, <laughs> he gives a shit. He's a fifth center. He's useless. Like, oh, Patrick Brown. Oh, good. He's in the last year of his deal. Great. Oh shit! All right. So, what's the what's the update on on the team's propensity to extend JVR? We, we talked about this a couple months ago, and uh, I guess the injury doesn't help that. I would say, right? It, it negatively impacts the odds, but I don't know what was he <laughs> doing before. Let me see what his numbers were. Maybe he had a couple goals. He's just. He had uh, two goals and five points in six games before the injury. Okay. Well. Three of those were power play points. They're going to extrapolate that. (laughs) They're going to say, oh, well, if he played all 82 games, (laughs) he'd be a 40-goal scorer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of the most twisted, dumbass logic you could think of. Because that's what they're going to do to yep. try to support an extension for him. Three and by three contract him. for JVR. Yeah, they're going to squeeze the trade. That's like on the last day they do the Scott Lawton treatment with JVR. Well, you know, we could have traded him, but you know, we know that if we he's did a that, crucial we, member of the team, right. a veteran leader. Oh, we're going to get him on a really good. We could save dollars if we're able to extend him now and not wait until he hits the market. You know, so we can we can save valuable cap dollars if, if we can extend him now. <laughs> There will be a legendary Dan the Flyer fan rant on this show if they extend JVR. I, I will I will melt down like you have never seen me melt down before. God, I hope they do it. This team is so stupid that I hope for this. The fact that we can even sit here and say they may do it tells you all you fucking need to know about how smart they are. That we cannot sit here and say they are going to jump for joy the second they get the opportunity to move on from this guy. No, they're considering it. Oh God! God, they're, oh. they're at fifty contracts, so they're at the limit. Well, they'll move Damn. on from Morgan Frost then, which they probably won't do. Let's be real; on us fucking sign him again. Next yeah. year will be the year he breaks out. Yeah, five-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna own a bridge. We deal won't officially that. take a stand on Morgan Frost until he he hits thirty years of age. And we'll still call him a kid. And Bill Meltzer will still be trying to convince me he's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they are 
yeah, I'm just looking at on Cap Friendly here and seeing who else sticks out. And I'm assuming that they're going to have Nick Sealer on this roster again uh, in 2324. So he's probably coming back as your sixth. Um, Justin Braun, only one year, but. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they just do this whole defense over again next year because Cam York has not developed enough, uh, and I don't think they're going to give Zamula a role they in could, the bottom I six I think they either. move on from Braun and call it battered, but I think Sealer and Zamula are still going to be your sixth and seventh next year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because top four isn't going anywhere. No, uh, not next year. And you got to wait till 24-25. That's when they extend D'Angelo so then God they'd have the same top four actually and the next guy that would be up would be Provorov in 25-26 imagine that (laughs) Uh, uh. great we're and Santa I'm signed forever we're still until 2027 Anisimov is still listed as a PTO God Anisimov they're gonna sign him when he's cleared that's why he's still on a PCO. If they didn't want him, they would have gotten rid of him. But I, I'm pretty sure when he's cleared, he's gonna he's gonna sign. Oh my god! It's like how many different Ritz crackers can you serve at a five star <laughs> restaurant to try to convince people you're actually giving a real meal? Yeah, as many as they can. This is what all this shit is. It's, it's like the Ritz cracker of fine dining. It's never yeah. gonna get any better, is it? This is just this is what it is. No, gosh, I feel like this is like almost like a movie of the Flyers, like the slap shot or something. <laughs> like, just stuck in this abyss of nothingness until something changes with the owner or something. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Dave Scott's out and Chuck Fletcher's out. It's just going to status quo. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what's on the Flyers' schedule coming up here? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what games I need to start got, paying more attention uh, to. Ottawa tomorrow, St. Louis on Tuesday, Columbus on Thursday, Ottawa on next Saturday, which is the Giroux return. Uh, it's Ottawa and Dallas on a back-to-back. Columbus, Boston, Montreal. So outside of that... Uh, Montreal game. This is a pretty winnable schedule here for them, and or the Boston game, rather. So, hmm. yeah, the Senators uh, haven't been playing that great this season. The Blues have not been playing well. The Jackets have a shitty record. Jackets are shit. Montreal shit. Dallas. I think Dallas has actually been fine Dallas. out of the gate, but yeah. so Dallas and Boston are your big threats over the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Other than that, these are some winnable games. So there you go. They're going to rack up a bunch of wins again, and then they're going to go into you know the post-Thanksgiving where they play Tampa, New Jersey, and Vegas and whatnot, and rack up a couple of losses, and it'll even back out to 500 by the time Christmas rolls around, and mm-hmm. no progress gets made. Yeah, we might have a decent stretch here if if the Penguins can get there. Well, once we get to the Calgary game, Hopefully Calgary comes in and kicks the shit out of them. Um, hopefully the Capitals can turn their season around. They should be better than they are. That Hopefully that's a loss. Same thing with the Penguins uh, the next game. This is all around Thanksgiving time. 
Um, hopefully the Penguins can get back in order. The Islanders are playing okay. Um, hopefully that's a loss. Two so they're back to backs. Mm-hmm. Lightning should get their shit together. That should be a loss. The Devils are are now a powerhouse. That should be a loss. Avalanche. That should be a loss. So I don't know. Maybe we got some good stuff coming up or around Turkey Day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we got some wins here. We got some losses there. And right around after Christmas, what are we doing? Well, Christmas is. God, they play a lot of games leading up to Christmas this year. Good lord. Wow. Yeah, they really do. Look at the schedule, too. The 15th, 17th, the 20th, 22nd, 23rd. That's a quite a bit. Back-to-back with Toronto and Carolina. Good Lord. <laughs> Get their fucking clock cleaned. They play some of the West Coast teams. Anaheim, Arizona. See, they can go right back on the uptrend again there. Yeah, well, that's on, their, on their annual... Uh, Late December Disney road trip. Disney on ice trip. Yeah. Disney on ice trip where they are historically bad. They usually go like two and seven yeah. on those trips. Typically pretty brutal. So that'd be great. And they play. What are you guys thoughts of uh, the arena where the Coyotes are playing at Arizona State? I was actually trying to fly out there for some games. It looks like a pretty cool place. Apparently the arena is nice, but like the behind the scenes thing where they're just like curtains back there for dressing yeah. rooms and shit like that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but apparently all by all accounts, the arena is real nice. So I don't know. Not where an NHL team should be playing. That's for goddamn sure. I was trying to fly out there. I'm not going to do this probably because it would be too expensive, but, um, in late March, they play a back-to-back against Colorado and Edmonton, which I think would be pretty cool. And this, and the arena, I mean, you're sitting right on top of the ice. It's like there's only a couple thousand seats. Yeah. So there's not a bad seat in the whole place. The problem is the face value on the tickets is quite high. Yes. Because yeah. they know that they need to make money somewhere, so they're just going to try to gouge Limited the ticket tickets prices. means the price is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that would be pretty cool. So if anybody's been out to Arizona for any games there, definitely hit me up on Twitter because I'd like to I was figure there for, out how good that when is. They were in Gill Arena a few years ago, but I've not. Oh, seen really? Them. Cool. Yeah. That was a uh, 2018, maybe. It was their 2018 home opener against uh, Pittsburgh. It was out there for. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Cool. They were still <laughs> rebuilding at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, the game was a disaster, but. <laughs> a cool experience. Maybe not. Well, didn't they have that like one year under like Rick Tockett where they were a playoff team or something, or they were sniffing the playoffs? Yeah, when they had Mike Smith in net and they went to I think the conference final, Wasn't it like 2014 or something. I don't think Rick yes. Tockett was around. Yeah, something that long. like that. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had like one or two reasons. There was one years season where 10. Tockett like over. Uh, Got him to overperform season. What am I looking? Not season tickets, you shithead. <laughs> List of Arizona Coyotes seasons. Uh, so the Mike Smith season was 2012. Jesus Christ! They made it to the conference finals <laughs> against the Kings. I and remember then that. 1920. They beat. The Predators in the qualifying round and then lost in the first round of the Avalanche 4-1. to one. So that was the bubble season. So that must have been the Tocket season. Yeah, that's a Tocket year. Yeah. <laughs> the only... Eh, a couple... Uh, 
They qualified in 2010 and 2011, but it got smoked by the Red Wings both times. And that was, uh, what was that? Four playoff appearances and uh, dating back to 2003. God. This league is a better league when the Coyotes are good. (laughs) (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) Goddamn salary cap exists to keep them afloat, for Christ's sake. Because Bettman just can't let them die. Don't relocate them to a good market. No. Let's keep a hard salary cap in place to fuck the rest of the NHL, to keep your goddamn love child up. Fucking Coyotes. Yeah, so the league, I mean... A lot of people have been clamoring to move to that soft cap, um, which I don't know a lot about because I don't follow other sports salary caps as in, not as nearly as close, as, yeah, as I do the NHL. So I don't know how, like all the parameters of how those work. Um, it probably would benefit the Flyers because they generally have more money, but as long as Chuck Fletcher is calling the shots, it will be squandered anyway. But that would be kind of cool to see the league kind of back off that and give markets like Philadelphia a little bit of an advantage yeah, financially. I wonder if that's like after this flat cap bullshit, I think the CBA is what? 26 now, 25, 26, something like that. So it's got a couple more years, mm-hmm. but you know, got to wonder if that's a talking point at some point here to kind of have a, either a luxury tax or a soft cap or some kind of, you know, where the big market teams can mm-hmm. be a big market team. Flex. Again. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah, I don't and, know if they're going to even a al- allow it i mean as long as bettman is the um is the commissioner i don't and i don't know i i mean i'm sure he has a lot of say in that sort of stuff but his like his whole thing has been to uh to eliminate the have have not dichotomy when it comes to financial resources to obtain players like that was his whole like legacy essentially was was to fuck that and get it out of the game and parody. Yeah. Yeah. So I would prefer like a, you know, like a more old school commissioner to come in here and just let the fucking rich eat, you know, and then you have <laughs> because the, it <laughs> like the hard cap is in place to theoretically give Arizona a fighting chance and something like that. And then Arizona doesn't take their fighting chance anyway. They fill the roster full of shitheads every year while teams like Toronto and Philadelphia fucking suffer. Yeah, I think it could be kind of a – I think it's an overrated theory that, oh, well, if we have a flat cap, by definition, we will absolutely have parity. And I don't think that's – that's obviously not been the case at all. I think this so. team, the Fletcher and Scott, would be awesome with no salary cap. They would just give everybody fucking 10 by 10 contracts. Fuck it. Who cares? Money's no object. Dave Scott doesn't give a shit. Chuck Fletcher just gives people contracts anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a and that's an interesting question. Is if there was no cap, would Dave Scott would be successful? But is Chuck Fletcher so stupid that <laughs> he would still fail? Even in <laughs> even in that environment, he still may be ineffective because he's that stupid as a general manager. They would fire Fletcher and Scott would take over as GM and just <laughs> be fine. I'd be fine. Dishing out the cap. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that would be so much fun, though. God, that would be hilarious if we could just ah, see what happens for one year. It'd be absolutely uh, Wild West shit there. 
you get a ten million dollar contract, and you get a ten million dollar contract. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty great. All right, boys. I think I'm gonna head up too. Cool. <sighs> cool. Yeah, well, have a good weekend, guys. Yep, you guys too. Always, uh, always a good time. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. All right. See you, All Dan. Right. See you, man. All right. Good Thanks night. Bye bye. Mike.